Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our fans were unbelievable. I, I mentioned, literally mentioned it before the game to the geysers. A lot of red there. There's a lot of black too. And it's just going to be continuous noise throughout the throughout the game. So normally, when your defense on an away game doesn't have to worry about the noise, they're going to have to worry about it today. And that's a my hat goes out to our fans. Um, with that, time's yours. To close out the regular season, the Chiefs really did give us the weirdest game of all. A dominant performance from the front four, just harassing the quarterback, an offense that looked efficient and fun with some trickery in there that kind of worked and kind of didn't you know, worry about it. It was fun. And it really was just that. A fun, enjoyable, controlling, smooth football game from the Kansas City Chiefs with check notes, no noteworthy special teams mishaps. Mm-hmm. What a world we're living in. 2023, I guess I was wrong. New year, new Chiefs. And they appear to be firing on all cylinders entering the playoffs with no game to be played for Kansas City next weekend. We'll talk about that win over the Raiders, the one seed and where it sends the Chiefs now, and much more on this episode of Time Zars here on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, the trio with you here today. Guys, I, I want to talk about some of the fun takeaways from the game, some of the places that this can send the Chiefs, how good it's going to be to have a weekend to sit on the couch and watch the rest of these teams go out there and thump each other. Uh, but Nate, you are in Vegas, and I have to imagine, I, I don't have to imagine, actually, I've read your story, <laughs> I have followed every minute of everything surrounding this game. Uh, it, it seems like it seems like a good time was had by all. Yeah, it was, uh, it was their most complete game of the season. It just took the 17th game <laughs> for that to happen, because uh, I like to remind people that, um... The Cardinals were were never good this season. Um, And the Raiders have been good-ish at times. Um, And look, there there was just a bunch of rookies. And, like, there was only so many things they could do on defense. Um, They were absolutely world beaters for three quarters against the San Francisco 49ers. Which is probably the most applicable game for the postseason. But, hey, they were down 10-0 to start that game. So, it wasn't from start (laughs) to finish. Um... Uh, they turned the ball over three times against the now-in-the-playoff Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and still won by more than 10 points. Um, but that was not a complete from start to finish. Um, this is where uh, I want to share just a, a, a very small piece of reporting of human interaction, fellas, that Wait. did not make it to the... Um, story about Arctic Circle or Snow Globe, or as Andrew Wiley likes to call it, the Circle of Death. Um, you know, everybody had their own nickname for the play, which I was like, we're getting way too deep into this, guys. Um, <laughs> but like you said, Josh, um, the fun of it, the, the trickery really was like probably the most memorable element of the game, other than, hey, Chris Jones, excellent. Patrick Mahomes, excellent. 
gonna need to do that at least two more times to get to the Super Bowl, fellas. Um, so this is where um, being around the team for now, you know, five going on six years, being in the locker room every day, seeing these guys from training camp on to uh, obviously the end of the regular season. This is where this all is valuable because um, I wanted to talk to all 11 guys who are on the field for, you know, Arctic Snow. And I've written before about some of the, you know, wild, interesting, absurd stuff that they do in the red zone, which gives them an even greater advantage when they already have probably the best quarterback, com- you know, coach combination in the league. So I do my responsibility. It's not to, I think Saturday was the first time I had interviewed every offensive lineman on the record about said game or said play. Sometimes, you know, it's like, hey, I, I noticed, you know, Creed Humphrey did this today. Or, hey, you know, I think Andrew Wiley gives a really good perspective. And we've talked about this before his journey to like being a, competent starting level tackle when that was never what his profile was when he entered the league. Um, obviously everybody knows Orlando Brown and Trey Smith. Uh, they are maulers and, you know, Orlando Brown's going to the Pro Bowl again. No one thought Trey Smith would be this good this early, but you get it. Gentlemen, who's the last guy I haven't mentioned yet? Did you mention? I know you have a quote from Creed Humphrey. Did you mention Creed Humphrey just now? I, I did. I mentioned okay, Creed. Okay, so then we're we we are uh, we are on to the Andrew Wiley portion of this. No, you said Circle of Death already. Yep. Yep. <sighs> Talks for Orlando Brown. He's also quoted in the story. Oh, we have. I, yes, sorry. I also did not note one or the other if there was a Joe Tooney quote in this original story. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is not a Joe Tooney quote in the story. I didn't remember um, there being one. Seth, have I quoted Joe Tooney all season? I have not heard a quote from Joe Tooney all season. Um, now, there's a few reasons for this. Joe Tooney, as I have said before and will continue to say, is a robot. Yeah, and I was just going to say, like, how do you interview someone when they're powered down and plugged into the wall? <laughs> like, he's just, that dude's just out there. He's got an injured leg, injured arm. His head got torn off. He just, like, walks over. He's like, ah, guys, we got to fix this. You know, could we get just get this taken care of real quick? And I, I got to go power down for the night. And he just sits there and powers down and gets ready to play left guard at an incredibly high level. Again. At an incredibly high level. Guys, he's one of the best left guards, if not the best left guard in the AFC. Um, he also, as I like to explain, as I explained to Holly last night, he is so fundamentally sound. And I've already put it on Twitter. He is so good in his personality and like, the way he goes about playing football at an excellent level just reminds me of Tim Duncan. And I, back in the <laughs> day, have interviewed Tim Duncan. It's fine. Oh, flex. It's fine. Uh, and, and so, hey, Joe, uh, I got to do it because I want to talk to everybody who was involved in the play. And, you know, Joe Tooney has played 112 regular season games out of 114 possible. So, this is also another element of, like, he's so good. He's so reliable. As Seth said, they plug him in every week and just about he's on the field every week just, you know, eliminating threats, you know, to protect the backside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, 
I said, hey, Joe, uh, can I grab you for a few minutes? Guys, Joe Tooney saw me, knows who I am, and extended his right hand to me. And he said, hi, I'm Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And it was at that point that I extended my right hand and shook his right hand and said, damn, that's one of the best jokes I've heard all season. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's dry. That is dry. Because he knew that I knew. <laughs> we don't really be doing the interviews together, wait, do we? Wait, hold on. Is, did did he pass the Turing test? Is that what happened? <laughs> he literally said hi, I'm Joe, as if I haven't seen this man every day for the last seven months. I mean, I does he, sorry, does he, does he want to talk to the media more? Because oh, look, if you wanted to open up, I'd be glad to have a comment. Look, we get him on this podcast tomorrow. I mean, I'll, I'll whatever you want to do, we'll get Joe Tooney on here. I, I mean, of course. Now, I just never got the feeling that his issue was that he, like, he was not available enough. No, no, I'm, that's so funny. It's so funny. He's like funny. if the Terminator played for Bill Belichick for four years yes. and then came to the Chiefs. Like, yes. It was five years. It was five years, Josh. He's been institutionalized. Like that was was him, like starting to break the cycle. Yeah, if I just say, if I just say, "Hi, I'm Joe Tooney." I I got a good joke here. He's evolving. It's learning. Like I just couldn't believe it, and so. He's already, by the way, he's already won the interaction. He's won. Like, yeah. <laughs> before I ever ask a question, Joe Tooney has beaten me, just like he's beaten every other defensive lineman this season. And <laughs> so we go through the interview, and it's like two and a half to three minutes. Cause I think something that it's hard for like me to describe to fans, but like, I'm only one person and there's like, again, 40 guys that usually play. So my head is on a swivel and the interactions are quick, especially in this case. Because again, I want to get to Kadarius Tony. I want to get to obviously Travis Kelsey and even ask some guys on defense what they thought about it. Because obviously that was the, you know, they had been practicing this thing for weeks, which is something I learned very quickly. Um, And so my time with Joe could have, you know, can't be long, but it also can't be short because I want to give him, Ample opportunity to explain his perspective, what he thinks of it. And it was, again, fine. (laughs) And then I immediately turned to Orlando Brown. And it's just much better. Like, it's just... You got to print an F-bomb, man. You got to print an F-bomb from Orlando Brown. And Joe Tooney said, hi, I'm Joe. (laughs) Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. And it's just, like... So you should have said, "Oh, do you work here?" Like just like he probably hey, would have laughed. I was gonna ask you if you knew where Andy Heck was. I'm trying yeah. to find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so of course, Holly's like, "Well, did you quote him?" Uh, and I told her I, I I looked at those quotes long and hard, really considered them. You know, I went from one to two to. I don't even want to take the check down, coach. I want to look at one to two again. Um, (laughs) Here's the best quote from Joe Tooney, uh, which, again, tells you a little bit about the person, 
while also, again, we have to acknowledge he's a first-time Pro Bowler, I believe. And again, he is the best left guard in the AFC. Quote, Coach Reed and the offensive staff do a great job of putting in stuff that keeps it fresh and exciting. It was a cool play to run. It's always fun when you get to dial up one and it works well. End quote. You 100% sure that that wasn't Patrick Mahomes that said that? Because <laughs> that's just like, it's as though, did he have a written statement? In front of it? It, sounded, it, sounded like you, it sounded like you were reading a written statement just then. It's kind of well, like, and good for him. Joe Tooney. It was is, a cool play to run. Was the, it was a cool play to run. Hey, keep it, keep it fresh. Keep that, putting, putting in stuff that keeps it fresh and exciting. As the kids say, it slapped. You know, I, since, we're, since we're on the anatomy of a quote here, I just I was going to mention this to you before the show that I completely forgot about it. Reading out in text this quote from Kadarius Tony written out this way. It was kind of like, all right, bet is just when I read it, I, I had I heard it in his actual voice. And then yes, I read it again. Yes, yeah, like I just it all right. Bet was I I just I've not heard Kadarius Tony or really frankly anyone ever enunciate every syllable and the way that it comes through in the written word. Yes. And it just really made me laugh. So look, it's uh it was it was um hey kids, this is this is journalism. This is journalism one on one. The know? story just... is so good. I, I went and checked one more time because I I went through it and I was pretty sure there was no Joe Tooney because you mentioned his name. Uh, if you hit Control F and type Tooney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wiley Humphrey, right guard Trey Smith, left guard Joe Tooney, and, and that's the only time his name comes up. Yeah, <laughs> but, we, but was, hey, it, but the story is great. The story but, is an expert telling of how this, how what we know about this play now. The, so go the, read that up on the Athletic. The Athletic did its job to to try to get everyone who ran the play. I wish you would. We don't have, have to them. quote all eleven players. Is all I'm saying. I <laughs> but, just, but if you would have said, "quote Hi, I'm Joe," to be told the athletic, I would have fallen out of my chair. I oh, that would have been terrific. That, that 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 would have to make it was. It, it is the best thing that though. It is the best thing that I can say for the podcast, which is you know, uh, thankfully we have this we have this outlet for yes, for me to, is- to, sh- to share things from the locker room. But it was it was perfect. I mean, it's just. I, it, it is a moment I will never forget this season. It's Joe extending his gigantic right hand <laughs> in my normal size right hand. And just, <laughs> and just knowing before I've ever asked a question, I've already lost. Because he's he said a joke that is so good, it has disarmed me. <laughs> That's... You know, the that that's so funny. And those little interactions like that are... That, that's such... That's such a dry humor. Yeah, I'm Joe. It's like, I don't even know what to say right now. Um, he, he definitely caught me flat-footed. Yes. He definitely it, caught me. I just, I, I, the only thing, the only critique I would have about your article, which was excellently written in, to the surprise of no one, um, because you're a good writer, Nate, and a good person. Thank you, sir. And <laughs> just bringing in some of that energy from last week. Yeah. Um, so the only critique I would have to offer is it was not a 3000 word scolding of the ref. Oh for my goodness. A hold 
on on Creed Humphrey for destroying a block. It's like, oh no, that was too dominant a block. That's got to be a hold, man. Yeah, <laughs> the, I I think the I think the defender, and I, I should look this up earlier, or I should look this up here soon. But the defender knew he was in in mid pancake, which goes to like how just aware it's smart all of these players are. Like, ooh, they got us on scheme. Ooh, I'm out leveraged. Ooh, I'm in the middle of getting pancaked. I need to flail my arms like I have just been hit by a rocket and hope that I'll get a flag. And guess what? <laughs> if you flop, if you flail your arms and and bounce off the ground like you're like something has violently gone wrong, to Seth's point, they, they might call the flag on the other team. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a pity call. And it's just like, come on, man. Why would you take this away? I mean, he 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 just he throws him to the ground. And the I mean, as he's shrugging and the defender walks away, defender, I'm watching the all towards you. Defender won't even look at him. Because he's so ashamed that he knows, like, well, okay, that wasn't was that really a hold? No. Did I just have my manhood snatched away from me <laughs> and my soul removed from my body? Yes. So, like, you can't even talk crap. Like, you'd be like, ah, ah, that's a hold. They got you, man. It's like, nope, I'm just going to be really quiet and just go. Because he really, so many fans think that, um, because I've seen this before, that a player being thrown to the ground is a hold, but it's not. Like, you you can, if you're able to, in the in the process of pushing someone throw them to the ground. Yes. That's not a hold. Correct. And I mean, it is what it is, but uh, I just like, I have never been as offended as I was for my large adult son there, um, which, <laughs> you know, I, I got to do a video clip of this at some point and just tell the NFL that I'm going to be filing a complaint um, because that, that was the only problem. And then it was, I don't know, for some reason it's even funnier that they scored um, that it got taken away. And then they just scored anyway the next play. Like, that, I feel like that summed up that game very, very well. Like, it just didn't matter. Um, they could have called a penalty on, on the Chiefs the next play, and they probably would have scored the play after that. And so uh, one one common character in all of those plays there, those two back-to-back plays, was Kadarius Tony. He scored twice. Only one of them counted, but the second one did, in fact, count. There's a lot of different spots that I think we could each kind of just pull a thing out of the hat to say, let's spend a second on this one. But since we're on this play, and this is kind of our intro into the game itself, I, if Kadarius Tony just has two healthy hamstrings <laughs> and generally has his health and like a TB12 amount of pliability, I think his career path is just going to go New York to Kansas City to Canton. Someone talk me out of this. I'm going to hurt myself in excitement. I I can't I can't Josh. I honestly can't. Like like his stats don't reflect. You can't see, but I I'm fanning myself right now like a like a, a southern woman in church. <laughs> I got a big hat and a big fan. I think I, there was at some point in like the third quarter. Um, when again the game was already out of hand or already in hand based on you know your your perspective of it. And I looked at it and I was like, these stats are impressive because between the rushing and the receiving, he was averaging like 8.8 yards a touch or something like that. And I was like, but the footage, like the way he's mm-hmm. getting 8 mm-hmm. to 10 yards a touch is just, whoo, <laughs> like, whoo. Oh. So I can't, I can't deny your enthusiasm, Josh. Like, I can't temper it either. 
and, and Seth, I imagine you'll be able to step in. There's no way you see Kadarius Tony being like an X factor for this team the rest of the way or anything. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. You mother. <laughs> All right, you know what? Back to Nate. Hey, you know what? Seth finally passed an opportunity to talk. Back to Nate we go. <laughs> Gonna see if I can get get the under on 200 words this episode. Yes, <laughs> Seth. I was no. reading this fascinating piece up on the Chief in the North newsletter, yeah. MNChiefsFan.substack.com, I believe. Ooh. And the author, this this post, free for anyone to read, which I thought was quite silly. But this author took a crack at a couple X factors on this team right now, and Kadarius Tony was among them. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that person's individual work at the Chief of the North Newsletter, <laughs> but I wondered if you had any thoughts on Kadarius Tony nonetheless. I do. So I am really the wrong person to slow you down on Tony. <laughs> I know. I don't. Here's my secret. I don't want to be slowed down. Yeah. I don't want. Uh, I want to get this thing choo choo. I want. I would like to get. Terminal velocity on Canarius Tony hype train. Here, here's the interesting thing with Tony is as he currently is in the usage they currently have with him doing, he unlocks certain aspects of the offense and accentuates things. It's like he was built in a lab to run these jet sweeps. Like you could see like, like Tyreek, like Tyreek Hill is obviously faster than he is and quicker than he is. Cause Tyreek Hill is faster than quicker than literally, literally everyone. Tony is just as good at that stuff as he is. And Nicole Hardman's really good at it. Tony's Patrick Mahomes better. said he's never played with a player as laterally unique as that's not an exact well, quote, but he's talking about lateral unique, speed and quickness. Yeah, unique is such a great word because his he just moves so goofy. So, like if I were to point someone to, and one of the first plays I focused on with him, he's a yard, he's a yards creator. Mm. He on the jet sweep he actually scored on. The, the defensive end, I think it was Chandler Jones, got upfield and kept him from getting outside to the edge where he's supposed to go to follow Smith-Schuster and Kelsey, right? And the reason that play is designed to go to the edge is because you've got pursuit guys that are unblocked. And if you have to cut upfield, you have to beat one of those guys and you have to do it fast enough because like stopping, starting, juking, that slows you down, right? And that leaves the rest of the pursuit can come get you. Except if you can do it so quickly that it doesn't really slow you down. And that's what he did. His vision and his feel for where to go in open space, he creates yardage. And it, he really is a different type of player in, in than, than anyone they have. And also, as if that alone weren't enough, if you watch him, because they don't have him doing a bunch of normal stuff right now, mm. right? But when you watch him do some of the more normal wide receiver stuff, you can see the ability to create separation. That on his whip own. route that you gift is I'm oh. watching it again now. Oh, his his whip routes are insane. They oh. always were like the oh. Giants the the Giants did not utilize those nearly often enough. I'm Andy Reid. I'm calling like eight of those a game because his whip routes are out of control because they take advantage of his unique ability. But he also he runs he 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 doesn't run great routes at this point. But he is similar to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill didn't become a great route runner until like a year or two ago, and he but it's just he doesn't. And really, like if you compare like Tyreek Hill's route running to like uh, Devontae Adams, he's not as good a technical route runner. It's just you only have to be seventy five percent the route runner when you're two hundred percent as fast, right? Yeah. And well, he, okay, he's not two hundred percent as fast. Yeah, yeah, Adam. but yeah, that's not super fair. But you know what I mean. Yes. You it, you don't have to do the same things to excel to be elite because you've got these natural physical advantages, and he does. The other thing is, like when they line him up in the backfield, 
the problem that teams have to deal with, they ran that really slick counter motion with counter action with him. That was great. The yep. problem teams have to deal with is he might come out on a wheel route down the field and end up matched up against a safety. And he has legitimate jump ball skills. Mm-hmm. He's got great ball skills. He has everything to be a good regular wide receiver. And that's before you talk about the elite ball in his hand stuff, the extra stuff. He is like, People said that like Tyreek Hill is like if you built a receiver in a lab to play with Patrick Mahomes. Kadarius Tony is like if you built a receiver in a lab to play in the Chiefs' current offense. And I'm just I'm curious what the playoffs look like for him because they do they still seem to be muting his usage a little bit, and I don't think they want to. Mm. So I, if he's healthy, he is he is a 1,200 yards from scrimmage guys next year. Now, the health is always going to be the thing, right? But yep. here's the beauty of what's happening right now. They just need three games right now. Yep. And one of the reasons I named him as an X Factor, along with another guy I'm sure we'll talk about, is he has the ability with even just, you know, six to eight touches a game to raise both the floor and the ceiling of the offense. Remember last year, second half, AFC Championship, what happened? Mahomes kind of played like crap, right? I mean, that's just what happened. Um, and then they, they, the few times they tried to run the ball, they weren't super effective doing it. So of course, Reed went away from it really quickly and Hill had a drop, Kelsey had a drop, you know, and no one made a play, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they needed. They needed a guy to catch the ball and get 15 yards where he was supposed to get three. Guess mm-hmm. what? You have that here. And the more of those guys you have, the better chance you have of something like that happening. And so that was something that they've been missing in some spots this year. And so he raises the floor that way. And in terms of the ceiling, because of his skill set, it's so diversified. And, and so I go a lot more in detail, kind of talking about a few of his touches against the Raiders alone. But if you look back, I mean, I, I did a film review on him and when the when the Chiefs traded for him to kind of demonstrate the actual normal receiver stuff he can do and the stuff he can do down the field. He is, he might be one of the most um, uh, move the needle guys on the offense in the postseason besides Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And I I agree with all of that. And they ran no routes for Travis Kelsey in that game uh, Saturday. And they did like two plays for Juju. Right. And they scored 31 points. Like, yep. I refreshed I, the box score and I started doing post game because I thought it just hadn't updated yet when it said Patrick Mahomes had 202 yards passing. I legit, I legitimately just went, that doesn't seem right. I refreshed it. Then I saw Jared sit him with six sacks. I was like, that was correct. So, yep. yeah. 202, huh? How'd that happen? Yeah, well, they, just, had, they held he had, off. Yeah, he had 175, I believe. Um, 67 to Watson. Of his 202 yards, 33% of them came on his first. I don't remember if it was the first completion or not, but the the first drive, that one deep shot there to Watson. Yeah, 33% of his yards. That was his first pass, by the way. Second play from scrimmage. Yeah, they really just went through some normal, um, you know, standardized plays in the second half. And then it's like, okay, we should probably score one touchdown. And then they did that. And then they were like, okay, well, I guess Chad can play now. Um, it's just uh, on offense. I mean, the fact that Ronald Jones got forty-five yards on ten attempts with the Raiders knew he was getting the ball. Um, both signifies that the offensive line is intact, is playing well. Um, Mahomes 
really didn't make any mistakes in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if he continues to do that in the postseason, will serve them well because it will increase their chances of having um, not a disparity at the turnover margin. Um, and yeah, the best thing is um, the, the the play you're referencing, Josh. The corner's like, oh, that's just motion. Yeah, I seen that. I seen that. Yeah, I'm just we ain't covered three, dog. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just lay back. I'm gonna just lay back. I'm getting depth. Why is he throwing the ball in my direction? What? <laughs> because it's just like, I mean, it's just a Watson running, running, running across the the field, you know, for like somebody else. <laughs> Why is he still running? <laughs> no. <laughs> so when you have I, like, no, I'm a, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. just too excited about the play calling. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, like so when. So when the fourth option becomes available and the quarterback is willing to execute, um, where the hell are you supposed to cover, dog? Like, <laughs> Raiders are like, cool. Kelsey's on the field, clog the middle. And they're just like, oh, great. <laughs> He's wide open. <laughs> He's still running. <laughs> and I I felt so bad for the, for the quarterback because normally ball's supposed to be out by now. Why is he throwing it in my direction? <laughs> it's just so they they break so many. Again, they do so many simple stuff at times, and yet they still break your rules or your expectations. And again, Travis Kelsey ran no route in that game that was one of I would say quote his routes. Uh, they ran a more specialized play for Noah Gray on Saturday than they did for Travis Kelsey, and they yeah. scored thirty one points. With Kelsey, I don't think it's a coincidence that you only saw him when it was like, oh, it's third down. Okay, hey, Travis, do the thing. <laughs> and like, so he'd throw it to Travis. They, they get a first down. But okay, get back to resting, man. You're 33. Let's <laughs> let's all just relax. Travis um, Kelsey rested more in that game than the entire L.A. Chargers roster did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't, yeah, wanna, but we it, don't need to it, talk it, about it, that one, Josh. In Staley's defense, I don't even know how you would do that. I mean, you only have like forty-eight players available. You only have forty-eight. It, can you can you sit some of these guys? No. I mean, you have to have eleven of them at a time. That's you know four. Eleven on 40. both sides of the ball. You're already at forty-four. I mean, oh, yeah. four spots left, right? I just coach, we got we got this thing called the practice squad. I mean, coach. Yeah. So that was bad. But I I wanted to you know something that got me so excited Nate, when you talked about you know the Chiefs, especially in the second half. Um, weren't dialing up a ton of new stuff. One thing that's interesting about dialing up um, called plays for Tony or Noah Gray or even MVS, you know, like just, or Justin Watson, you know, whatever, is that they really um, unfolded some new stuff. And the fact that like, like in select moments, right? Like in the red zone, they unfolded some new, like that counteraction, to that was that was a and and they've utilized a very similar look with Tyreek Hill before. Correct. Um, but it's just interesting for them to unfold some kind of new-ish stuff right before the playoffs, which tells you like well two things. One, it tells you, hey, we're gonna put this on film. You guys are gonna try to take away Kelsey and probably Juju, and we're just letting you know that maybe sometimes, like right before the end of the first half, we're gonna line up with three tight ends with Pacheco right behind Mahomes and just bash straight ahead for five yards. We're yep. going to do that sometimes. 
And it also tells you that Andy is saying quietly, guys, I have a lot of other stuff here. There's just so much stuff. So I can show you some of this stuff. Um, he had he he had to get a Colin he had to get a Colin Saunders playoff. Yeah, you gotta you gotta Just put that to. on film. Mahomes should lose to. MVP for not throwing that ball at a catchable spot. Honestly, like if Jalen Hurts wins it, he, now I'm gonna understand if that's the reason. Now look, the element of surprise in the scheme gives Colin Saunders a massive advantage. He cooked that linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> he saw flay this man. <laughs> he just didn't make the sight adjustment. You know, it's he's new to the he's new to it. Didn't know to cut inside. You know, that's sometimes you got to make a sight adjustment in the red zone. Um, yeah, that's hard to do. I'm assuming he didn't have enough reps for a sight adjustment, <laughs> or that he would be um, that open. But the but you know the first defender is supposed to like not be in the passing lane either. So yeah, I mean it's but again like I don't want to waste this. But I got to get it off of me right now because, to Seth's point, they probably have so much, so much stuff. <laughs> this is only kind of related, but since you mentioned the Saunders play again, I, Beards prompted me to look this up today, and I uh, I went and, and checked it. Um, do you know the Do you know the three teams who Dontari Poe's three touchdowns came against? I'm sure they're all AFC West teams. They well, most did. certainly are. Each of it's- them got one of them. Each of them got Ooh, one. Nasty I think it was running against the Chargers, receiving. I, I, I have to double check. My, my new favorite YouTube video is about, I think it's 36 seconds long. It's just called Every Dontari Poe Touchdown. Um, but I, I remembered at least two of them being against the uh, Raiders and Broncos. I did not remember the Chargers, which I think was the rushing. And uh, look, I'm, I, I, I fundamentally reject the idea that anything about that was unsporting or poor sportsmanship. I think that's a real... A real loser take, but I do think it's fair to note that Andy Reid particularly seems to love doing that to AFC West opponents. Yeah, I think both things can be true. Well, and did he even stop to consider whether or not it might upset an offensive lineman from Denver <laughs> that they ran a trick play against? I don't know. I actually like, uh, I never say his name right, the belly I think guy. You should try though. First name's Quinn, last name's harder than M. I'm going to go with Q. No, no, because there's only one Q in the NFL. Um, come on! Don't do this. Mid- it's just minors, right? It's just minors. pronounced like yeah. it just pronounced like we would mine it. But yeah, he he like for him to just be ah so upsetting. It's like was it? Well, like, I'm glad that he's got goals, man. It's good that somebody on the Broncos wants to beat the Chiefs someday. It uh, well, and I really do think because I remember Derek Wolf talked about that a little bit. It was like God, these guys just keep beating us. Like that has to be disheartening after a while. 15 straight games. That's so many. That's just Quinn Miners so is the many. guy that warms up with his belly out. So I don't I don't actually want beef with him. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. I would have uh, thought he'd he'd have a better sense of humor about it. But well, like once again, I mean he's like look, that dude has been blocking for Russell Wilson, coached by Nathaniel Hackett, losing to the Chiefs. So I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him at least a little wiggle room to have said something that maybe at someday he will go on to regret. That's I'm just glad that that team's still functioning from like a human standpoint. <laughs> I just I, I don't know that, that that just made me laugh like the idea like the Chiefs really are that team that people are getting mad at and like that was fun like it was fun this is a sport like did we not did we not just have all these conversations last week like am I taking crazy pills that this is supposed to be fun 
And like, oh, and also, you know, don't shove athletic trainers. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like man. two pretty basic rules, right? <laughs> Have fun and don't shove a trainer. Man, come on. Like that was so bad. That's so bad. It's like that oh, is coach. I mean, the 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 lasers. And he actually, I don't know if you guys saw, he issued a pretty good apology on Twitter. Yeah. And he was he was he was like crying walking through the, the tunnel. The he tunnel, that yes. That was really that, stupid. That was that was really uh, heartbreaking because um yeah it's 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 just it's just unnecessary and it's right, indefensibly look, dumb yes, and also he's just, a human being who made a really stupid mistake nobody got yeah it. yeah we're gonna have to make a couple jokes about it oh and, yeah and just the coach pointing at his head and saying just be just be smart and it's just yeah. like we have to say that about athletic trainers like attending yeah, to a yeah, guy on yeah. the field <laughs> Like, do I have to like, tell you not like, to push the 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 much much smaller human who's not wearing pads? Like, do I have to say that? Not like, in the field. Not 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 during a play. Not yeah. during a play. He's not on the field. He's on the field to do his or her job. Like <laughs> what? Like like you that's me, coach. Because you were in the way. Like like like, uh, like th- this is. You know, every time somebody's like, you know, coaching seems fun. No, it don't. No, it don't. No, no it don't. Because I have to remind, I have to remind the player every now and then. Let's let the other professionals do their job in an appropriate manner. Man, yeah. that's tough. Oof. Yeah. Also, in case you didn't know this, don't poke the referee in the eyeballs or something. You know, like what other things do you need to warn people not to do? Like I have said that, and look again, heartfelt apology. We're going to fire off a few jokes, then fine. Fair enough. He has done this the second time he's done something that idiotic. So, yep. you know, maybe don't do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's, he's a good player. But, like, I have literally said the phrase to a couple of my older sons. Well, I didn't, you know, you get some, oh, I didn't know I, I wasn't supposed to do it. You never said we couldn't do that. And my line a couple times has been, that's because it's so glaringly obvious that I assumed you weren't stupid enough to do it. That's my bad. I overestimated you. <laughs> Won't do so, it again. Yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> like, don't do stupid things. Like, sorry, I did not properly instruct you on that. Well, uh, in, in fairness, we're not sure about this part. There's always a chance that Aaron Rodgers has a secret like hand signal for shove the athletic trainer that you have to learn telepathically. And we have no way of knowing if or he told him, had gotten that secret hand sign from Aaron Rodgers. Or he told him to do it. And our words are spells, Josh. And Whoa, interesting. <laughs> now, that was a quote that got out there. You know what? I'm just, you know, I... I Is our words are spells a thing that Aaron Rodgers said? Because it sounds like it might be. Uh-huh. You, you should you should check that out when you have time. And look, whom's I, I who am I to throw stones? You know, I I I, I believe a Jewish carpenter from two thousand years ago saved me. So I mean, we all believe in some stuff, man. <laughs> we all believe in some stuff. So who whom's among us? It's a perfect it's a perfect description of our of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, just, I know. <laughs> just a perfect description. I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to call Aaron Rodgers my Lord and Savior, but if you went to Nate, I guess that's that's up to you. I knew that um, was coming too. Yeah, I knew that hey, was you know coming. What? You know what? Speaking of our Lord and Savior, I want to talk about the Chiefs defense and more particularly Chris Jones. Would anyone hey. else like to join me? Um, of course. I mean, look, I, uh, I, I, I hope you got 
Did somebody send the message to to, to, to Seth? I know, you know, the, the television can only show you so much, yeah. even though there's a billion cameras in there. Which, by the way, if we gonna have the Super Bowl, it would be a chaotic mess. And I don't know, maybe I need to look up the future dates. I know it's going to be in New Orleans next year. If we're going to have the Super Bowl in Arizona, um, Las Vegas Stadium is excellent. I have never been to another stadium where I was like, this will be the talk of the town if SoFi just didn't exist. <laughs> like, just did not exist. But yes, with all these cameras, Seth, um, Chris Jones had a career high or a season high, excuse me, in pressures, um, which, uh, you know, wrecked the entire game for the Raiders offense. Real quick stat line here, just because I wrote it down listening to the Athletic Football Show this morning. Appreciate them continuing the agenda here as the Athletic as a whole, feeling like real good teammates right now. 11 pressures on 37 pass rush snaps, two and a half sacks, six quarterback hits, and two TFLs. Other than that, pretty quiet day for Chris Jones. (laughs) He's... He he really should. It's it's him and Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Those those are the guys. And honestly, I think I think Jones, with how the season's developed over the last the latter half of the season, I think Jones has distanced himself a little from Parsons, who's a great 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 player. But it really it's it's him and Nick Bosa. And, and Jones is just he's so great. He is so great. Um, and I just I, I've ranted about him enough. But the way he impacts the game is just so such a cool thing to watch. He's just at the absolute apex. And uh, low-key, Cullen has done a terrific job mm. with not just him, but like Mike Dana has upgraded this year. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark is playing better this year than he did for all but a couple of games last year. Um, George Karloftis, as a rookie, he has he's got some weaknesses and strengths as a player. And they have managed to, a guy who doesn't consistently win one-on-one a lot yet, they've turned him into a productive player by giving him assignments. Okay, dude, strong, never stop. Like him and Dana, seriously, those guys look miserable to play against because they neither of them ever stop. Karloftis especially, that guy is, is a maniac, which is awesome. But they, they've, they've utilized him in a way to accentuate his strengths and, and kind of hide his weaknesses. If you watch throughout the game, he's not getting like, you know, like, you know, when you take like, say like Tom Bahali or Justin Houston, you know, these edge rushers when they were at their apex, Derek Thomas, like just straight up rushing from the edge over and over and over because that's how they win. Right. Mm -hmm. With Karloftis, it's like, nope, we're going to have you be the push man on this stunt. We're going to have you cut in on this stunt. We're going to have you do a little contain, get your hands up there. We're going to have you execute our pass rush plan and he does it all like 110% just going a million miles an hour. And there's a lot of credit, I think, to Cullen that. What did the Chiefs end the season? Third in sacks in the league? Uh, I will look that up for you. Um, it and, sounds about right. Yeah, though. and, and they've, been, they've been up and down with consistency. And we've talked about that a lot. And that's something I'm concerned about. I'll probably write about that as one of the playoff X factors in terms of consistency. Because they'll have snaps where, you know, it's just four guys rushing and no one gets home. And it's... For an uncomfortably long amount of time. But when you look at that the uh, roster. Group, the Chiefs are. Whoa. Yeah. yeah I have it too. Chiefs, Chiefs are second, Josh. Yeah. Second with 55. Patriots are third with 54. Tied with the Cowboys with 54. And then the Eagles have 70. 
70. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's there's like a reasonable arc, and then the Eagles, but the Chiefs are the first team not named the Eagles. So I'll take it. Right. And that's, man, that is that is crazy. Um, but in, they, they really, this is not a personnel-driven thing. And I don't mean that as as anything to be offensive towards. I think Dana and Karloftis and Clark and Dunlap and Saunders, those are kind of your core guys, right? Uh, besides Jones, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you have one superstar and then a bunch of guys who peak at above average. And that's the peak. Like like Colin Saunders, he, he's come along a little more this year, but I wouldn't call him a consistently above average pass rusher. Um, he does, he, he's a little streaky, whatever. You know, I, he's not yeah. a bad player, but, you know, he's average-ish in that area. Dunlap and Clark, it just depends. It kind of varies game by game. They're older, all this stuff. There's no, like, secondary star there. And for them to get home as often as they have, even though the the consistency ebbs and flows, and I think that's more a personnel issue, Cullen deserves a ton of credit for that. Yeah, I so I, I'm curious, Nate, if you have anything else on Cullen, because he came up in the postgame press. I guess I can't remember if you, you might have been grinding the locker room by the time that yeah. uh, Chris Jones at the podium. But but within that, and also you, you, you went exactly where I was hoping you would, expanding because we have talked about Jones so much, to those other guys, Team effort, guys being able to play off of how excellent Jones has been, noting what Joe Colon has done for that group and all of that. But I, I absolutely think that it is a a team effort story for that front line, Nate, because it wasn't just Chris Jones destroying worlds. It was other guys taking advantage of their opportunities, which is something that has not been a given even when Jones has been excellent this year. Right, and because of their inexperience at the cornerback position, um turnovers have to pretty much be a function of pressure, um, which was why it was both, um, and I didn't get to it in either story, but the idea that you're going to call a timeout to save the last minute of half, of of the first half, uh, being Josh McDaniels, and then the opposing team scores a touchdown anyway, and then you're like, cool, we'll we'll run some offense. Um but it was so clearly that Jared Stidham from game one as a starter to game two as a starter, you know, it was understandable that it was going to be uh, some dips. But, yeah, uh, pressure was early and often, and it so much influenced the quarterback that um, Mike Dana, as Seth has mentioned earlier, just keeps fighting. Um, strip sacks Stidham and because Karloftis never stops um, he's able to get the ball and then the Chiefs score 44 yard field goal uh, from Harrison Bucker who played excellent uh, despite having back spasms earlier in the week so with Chris Jones getting more and more comfortable talking about how it's a supporting cast around him and none of those guys in the locker room taking that as a slight, all of them understanding that Chris is the center of all of this. Mm-hmm. And basically that his presence, his existence means that they get to adjust and alter the mismatches in the game really in a way that I don't think they've ever had the ability to do in the Patrick Mahomes era. I know Frank Clark was just a better pure 
talented player in 19, which is why he was getting all those sacks to close out games. And yes, the offensive line had to account for Chris Jones, of course. But I think what Seth is ultimately getting at is they are finding who is the weak link. And now we have multiple ways of getting ourselves into favorable mismatches for the other team based on whatever your one or two weaknesses are, whether it's a overall protection issue um, that we can provide, or it's a weak link, which was clearly the case. Poor bars for, for, for Las Vegas. Um, They were just like, Oh, great. Um, Chris is better than you. And we will continue to um, find ways to get you to get him one-on-one on you. Um, And it's, it's so bad. And even when you double team him, it's okay. Chris, Chris is going to prefer you versus the center ever getting there in time. Um, But I think Cullen has done a nice job of getting the guys to be more fundamentally sound and having just raw effort continuously and them believing that the more effort you give, it's going to have a cumulative effect throughout the course of the game, obviously throughout the course of the season. And because you have the world's greatest quarterback, we need to find mismatches because the other team's going to have to throw the ball. And it does our defense, especially in the back end, a disservice if we can't be variable or if we can't adjust or be multiple into how we generate pressure, whether it's with Chris's just incredible dynamic ability or it's finding a one-on-one matchup for Carlos Dunlap when he knows the other team is passing and we trust him to be both again, consistent with his fundamentals and how he's going to approach his pass rush and then fight like hell when the ball is snapped. Uh, that that's about our time here for this edition of Times R. Seth, I don't have anything uh, on the way out. I I'm right now. We'll say feels like a, a little mailbag slash uh, playoff kind of discussion for for Thursday. Might might be in the cards. It's bye week. We'll see for sure. But I'm gonna keep you on the edge of your seat uh, to see if we uh, <laughs> if we bring you another hour of good stuff. Because yeah, the Chiefs have a first round bye. Don't have to play this weekend. There's a lot more we can talk about kind of going into the uh, the playoff weekend that's coming but uh Seth anything else for uh for Chiefs Raiders or this spot we're in right now I just that that's really what the Chiefs look like when they get an A game from all three phases and it's mm. it's genuinely overwhelming like it, it, you are just getting blitz not in the term of art sense but it's just overwhelming um that's when their defense is playing at you know, an average to above average level and they can attack and the offense is scoring. So you have to pass and they know you have to pass. And, and when the special team is actually covering well, <laughs> making some plays. And so, I mean, that really is what it looks like. And, you know, the Raiders aren't that good a team, but you can see why, like it really is. It, it was the first time in a little while. I mean, they, we've seen it a few times this season, but uh, the, the late great Therese Paler used to compare the chiefs to golden state where like you just, you had to survive the barrage and lately because Mahomes has become so comfortable with dink and dunk and doing what has to be done. It hasn't felt like that as often, but like it's similar like to the 49ers game or even the bucks game, like where they they go on this run and the game is effectively over after that. And it's fun to watch. That being said, Nate, uh, you gave us a great story off the top. I don't know what you've got to the end of today's show, but it's all yours. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously I think we'll be back Thursday if everything works out. Um, just a few things. Um, Andy Reese said McCall Harmon was close to playing Saturday, but he still is trending towards being available for the divisional round. Frank Clark has a minor 
groin strain. It should not prevent him from being available uh, or close to 100% for the division round if everything um, goes according to plan. We'll probably know more about Sky Moore and his hand um, when the team comes back next week and has a more normal practice routine. Basically, I think they're going to go through a walkthrough on Friday, get some early reports as to like who they could play from an opponent's standpoint, and then everything will get started basically um, Monday because unless the Dolphins win Saturday, you won't know who the Chiefs opponent is until the end of Sunday. Uh, so just you know, some some small things to keep in mind as the as the week goes on. Um, and then lastly, Josh, you know, um, as I've as I've thought about this season and the idea that the Chiefs swept the AFC West, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we are in the business of content. But man, we we just you know we just got to be reminded that uh, they don't want to tell us that they listen to everything. But then Chris kind of spilled the beans at the end um, and told us that they do listen to everything. So hopefully this gets to Joe Tooney at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is so hard to uh, do what the Chiefs just accomplished. Yep. And also feel like, well, you know, those other people weren't wrong either. Like, on the face of it, this was the best the AFC West had done, at least from an offseason transactional standpoint, where I felt like, hey, there's real legitimate competition once teams realized how good Mahomes was. And, you know, the this just isn't normal. Like, you look at any graph of any team rankings and the chiefs are once again, just one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the entire league. And you know, who we haven't talked about Josh and you sent me something today and it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) We haven't talked about Steve Spagnola. The playoffs haven't started yet. But Steve Spagnuolo, with a hundred rookies and a couple veterans, got the Chiefs' defense to be what everybody wanted it to be. Can you can you just remind people yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before yeah, the let... craziness starts that like the Chiefs accomplished every goal they wanted to accomplish in the regular season, and that is absolutely stunning. Because it didn't feel that way on the on the on the journey. <laughs> no, no, they wanted to accomplish the AFC West. They clinched that before Christmas by like a week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. They wanted the one seed. They got that locked up that first round by. And yes, this tweet of this chart from Ben Baldwin earlier today: offensive EPA per play. The Chiefs are first by a country mile. They are several logo lengths ahead of everybody else, even the Bills and Eagles and Bengals and all those teams. And then on the defensive EPA per play axis, the Chiefs arrowhead, the tip of the arrowhead <laughs> is lined up just about perfectly with league bleeping average. You got the best offense in football, a totally average defense, 
with that having to take in consideration and the, all and the, those young guys. And the worst special teams you could have this season. If there was a Z-axis for special teams, <laughs> this chart would look different. But with the offense being number one and the defense being perfectly middle of the pack, the Chiefs absolutely accomplished are their all their goals entering the end of the season. Because also the defense has just been playing better and better. Yep. And if that arrowhead was going to point in a direction, I'd uh-huh. go ahead and take that point and I'd go ahead and nudge it in the upward direction at least by a little bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, when they hired Steve Spagnuolo, that's all people asked. Hey, hey, man, can we just go from below average to average? And now with a younger, more athletic, slightly inexperienced group, they have a chance to really compete in the postseason. And guys, guys, this was not supposed to happen. It just it just was not supposed to go this way. So before the craziness begins, before the condensed season to try to get to Arizona, I just want to remind everybody that the Chiefs regular season, for as chaotic and as Weirdly eventful as it was, the Chiefs literally accomplished everything they possibly wanted to, and the team is relatively fully healthy, which is something the other one seed in the other conference cannot say right now. So, this bleep is crazy, and it wasn't supposed to be like this for this season. 